everyone, welcome to A Millennial Learns. I am Abby Rancor, your host. Thank you so much for tuning in and for listening. I am always blown away by um, how many people listen. So thank you for doing that. And uh, we are going to go over 2 Chronicles 10 today to Ezra 3. You are probably hearing my cat in the background. He's very excited to go over this Bible section <laughs> with us today. Um, let's see, do I have any updates that I need to update people on? Um, well, I guess one big update is my YouTube channel that I basically just started. Um, it's just Abby Rancor on YouTube. Uh, I released a video yesterday about the gender pay gap. I know um, my gender pay gap podcast episode is like one of the most highly listened to. So I figured, you know, people are interested. And so I made like a short, sweet 10 minute version of my gender pay gap argument and put it up on YouTube. So, um, go check that out. I'll leave it in the link below. Uh, cause that one, I mean, I don't know why I'm so passionate about the gender pay gap <laughs> necessarily, but it just really rubs me the wrong way that it's so misrepresented and it makes like women feel like victims, even though the data does not show that. So, um, go check that out and give it a like all that stuff. Um, okay. Let's get into the Bible episode, second Chronicles 10 through Ezra three. So again, this is like a big recap of like first and second Kings, um, which was good. I mean, at first I was kind of dreading this part, honestly, like to read the rest of second Chronicles because I did know it was just a recap and I was like, oh, you know, I've already read this before. And I mean, I haven't read this exact section before, but I've read these stories before, like not even three weeks ago. So I was honestly kind of like dreading it. And then I saw this Instagram post that was talking about like how your attitude really matters. And they were basically saying, you know, if you go to church and you hear a sermon that you've essentially heard before, um, what you get out of it is determined on your, by your attitude, because you could say like, oh, I don't need this. I've already heard this. You're going to get nothing out of it. But if you say like, wow, that's so good. I really need this again. Obviously you're going to get a lot more out of it. And I saw that at the perfect time because it was right before I was doing this section that I had that exact attitude about. So I tried to switch around the attitude and I actually did really like this section. To be honest, like in Second Kings, there's so much that happens. Like in this particular section of history, there's so much that happens. Like so many kings are getting overthrown and killed and there's a lot of like dense stories in there that it's good to read it a second time so that I just like absorbed it more. So it was good. It ended up being very, very good. So I'm excited to recap it with all of you. So Second Chronicles 10, Rehoboam is being made king and Jeroboam and the people said, hey, your father Solomon put a heavy yoke on us. Please make it lighter. And this is where Rehoboam um, got advice from like elder. <coughs> Whoa, my voice is cracked. He got uh, advice from elders and young men. They gave opposite advice. The elders said, yeah, make the yoke lighter. And um, the young men said to make it heavier. And Rehoboam did not listen to the old wise advice. He um, listened to the young men and said, I'm, you know, I'm going to bring down an even heavier burden, basically. And so they have this thing that repeats a lot through the Old Testament when someone is like rebelling against the house of David. It says, what part do we have in David? What part in Jesse's son? They go through all that and they rebel against Rehoboam. 
So Rehoboam sends out a guy who was in charge of forced labor, and that was like the burden he was talking about, which not a great move, but um, they ended up stoning him to death. The rebellion did. So Jeroboam and his, his men that were with him ended up forcing or stoning that man to death. And then Rehoboam kind of knew he was in trouble at that point, and he fled. Second Chronicles 11, Rehoboam wanted to go fight and reclaim the kingdom, and the Lord said to not go up and fight them. So he didn't. He listened to God, and he fortified Judah. The Levites and priests came to Judah and to Israel to offer sacrifices. And then First Chronicles 11 really recaps Rehoboam's uh, family. Okay, then in Second Chronicles 12, Rehoboam abandons the law of the Lord, which is sad because he was following the Lord's ways pretty well. And Judah ended up being captured. So the leaders of Israel humbled themselves and said, you know, the Lord is just, we deserve to be captured. And this is what we deserve, basically. Well, the Lord saw this, and since they humbled themselves, he said that he will not destroy them, but will soon give them deliverance. So this was very reminiscent on, like, I mean, the the new, t I guess the Old and New Testament talk about how, like, a parent will, will discipline those he loves, the Lord will discipline those he loves, and that discipline is good. This was, like, an example of really, really good discipline because God said, like, okay, you turn for me, you're going to get destroyed. Those are just the consequences. And then the leaders humbled themselves and were very responsive to that discipline. And so they learned a good lesson. So that was a good example of the, the like godly discipline that he can have with us. Um, okay. Then, um, let's see, wrath will not be poured out uh, from the person that is like capturing them, but they, Israel will be subject to him and learn the difference between serving God and false gods. So this guy named Shishak, Shishak, um, was the one that had captured the city. And so the original promise was that God was going to, or that Shishak or whatever was going to, um, like destroy Israel, but uh, they're no longer going to destroy Israel. They're just going to be subject to Shishak, which is much better. Okay, Rehoboam establishes himself firmly in Jerusalem and continues on as king. And there is continual warfare between Jeroboam and Rehoboam their entire lives. Second Chronicles 13, Ab Abijah becomes king of Judah and war between Abijah and Jeroboam breaks out. Abijah gives a good speech about how Jeroboam is terrible and how Abijah and his people have kept the requirements of God and they still make sacrifices and all of that. Like, he's a godly man and he said, like, we've chased after the Lord this whole time and so, um, but like, Jeroboam does not. So Jeroboam fought Abijah. God routed Jeroboam and all of Israel, um, you know, because they have been disobedient. And then Abijah and the troops inflicted heavy losses, it says, on Jeroboam and his men. And Jeroboam eventually died, and Abijah grew in strength. Second Chronicles 14, Abijah dies, Asa succeeds him. Asa was good at the beginning. I believe Asa is the one that kind of goes bad, but um, Asa was good in the beginning. He removed the foreign altars and high places, and he fortified Judah. He had a very large army. And the Cushites tried to fight them, but Asa and Judah won and crushed them. So he was very good in war. Um, okay, Azariah gave Asa a prophecy to be strong and do not give up. This is Second Chronicles 15 now. Asa took courage and removed all the idols and repaired the altars. 
Um, and then he gathered everyone together and made sacrifices and worshiped the Lord. So he's still going strong with the <laughs> worshiping the Lord. Um, okay, Second Chronicles 16, in the last few years of Asa's reign, Basha, Basha, king of Israel, went up against Judah and fortified Ramah to prevent anyone from entering or leaving Asa's territory. So they're like trapped right now in their own territory. Well, Asa then paid off the king of Aram to break his treaty with Basha because part of the reason why Basha was trying to capture Asa's territory is because he had this strong alliance with Ar the king of Aram. And so uh, Asa, thinking you know, the smart man he is was like, if they don't have this alliance, they will not continue to fight me. So I'm going to pay off, um, the king of Aram to break his treaty with Basha. So he gave, sent him a lot of gold, silver, all of that. And it worked. He did, uh, Basha withdrew, um, because the king of Aram broke his truce. Okay, since he did this on his own and not because of the Lord. Okay, so he did a good thing. This is a, another good lesson. He did a good thing. Like, he did a smart thing, which was breaking this alliance. But he did not inquire of the Lord first. So it says, since he did not, since he did this on his own and not because of the Lord, a seer came to him and said, like, what have you done? From now on, you will be at war. Because you didn't ask God. You didn't inquire of the Lord before you did this. You just went and did it on your own. And so you're going to be at war for the rest of your days. So Asa was angry, but, um, well, he was angry and he put the seer in prison and then he oppressed some of the people brutally. So now he's working like outside of, of God's will. He is not doing good in the sight of the Lord. Um, and he got so bad and so like not with the Lord that he had a severe illness in his feet. And even when the illness was super severe, it said he did not seek help from the Lord. He only sought help from physicians and oh, does that ring any bells with like what's happening with COVID <laughs> because it does to me so many people I mean and myself included like you're gonna go to physicians probably for things but it just is such a good reminder that like yes God gave us doctors and doctors can do certain amounts of things but at the like at the end of the day like you need to be seeking the help of the great physician, not just like earthly physicians when you are facing medical things. So, um, you know, people talk about like trusting these experts and trusting, uh, doctors, trusting science, all of that stuff. That's all fine and dandy. But like, who do I trust more than a doctor is the great doctor, the one only true doctor who made my body and made it to heal. So, um, that is a great reminder in today's times with all the COVID stuff going on. Um, so even at the end of his illness, uh, Asa did not try to consult God or get help from God and he ended up dying. So second Chronicles 17, Jehoshaphat succeeded Asa and followed God. He removed the high places and sent out officials to go teach everyone the book of the law of the Lord. So very good. Jehoshaphat was really good. Um, also the fear of the Lord fell on all the surrounding kingdoms because Jehoshaphat was so favored with God. Um, and there was peace in the land. And then the last part of that chapter just goes over like the amount of fighting men there were. So like almost like a census, um, in second Chronicles 17. Okay. Second Chronicles 18, Jehoshaphat had great wealth and honor and he allied himself with Ahab. So Ahab wanted to go to war against Ramoth Gilead. Um, 
And Jehoshaphat, since they were allies, said, yes, but only if you inquire of the Lord first. He asked 400 prophets if they should go to war, and they all said yes. But this guy named Micaiah was called in, and, um, well, oh my gosh, my cat will not stop meowing. Mick, come here. Um, okay, sorry. Uh, so there were 400 prophets that said, yes, you should go to war. They will be delivered into your hands. And then someone goes, is there not a true prophet that will come in here and that we can call on? So this guy named Micaiah was called in. He was a, a good prophet. And um, he came in and said, yeah, you guys are going to lose if you go to war. And Ahab just said like, oh, this guy always prophesies bad things about me. So like just put him in prison and they put him in prison. But this is where they go over the fact that spirits are actually enticing the kings to attack through the word of the prophets. So the prophets are deceiving the kings. Um, so that's kind of concerning that prophet. If they're like false prophets, essentially. Or maybe they are true prophets in normal times, but they're getting um, taken over by deceiving spirits. Um, okay, so they imprisoned Micaiah, and Micaiah said, like, you will not return safely um, to Ahab. And Ahab wanted to go in disguise, so he went into battle in disguise, like, as part of just a random, like, army. Someone randomly from the other side drew his bit, like, drew his bow and hit what looked like a civilian because he was in disguise, but he actually hit Ahab right between the gap in the armor, and Ahab died. So, don't go into a war that God doesn't tell you to go into, is the moral of that story. Um, okay, Second Chronicles 19, Jehoshaphat, the king returns to Judah. Jehu is a seer, um, and he comes and says that God's wrath will be on Jehoshaphat because he helped the wicked and loved to hate the Lord, which was Ahab. Ahab was not known for being a good guy, and he allied himself with Ahab and helped that side. So there was some good and some like reward for him, though, because he got rid of the Asherah poles, which were like false idol worship. Um, so that was good. Um, and then Jehoshaphat turned everyone back to God and appointed judges, and he wholeheartedly turned back to God. So he did like a pretty bad thing, like going to a war with an enemy of God's and then all of that, but he um, repented and wholeheartedly turned back. So that's good. Second Chronicles 20, the Moabites and the Amabites come to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Um, he told all of Judah to fast and seek help from the Lord. He prayed to God in front of the entire congregation, and this man named Jehaziel got the spirit of the Lord, or like came under the spirit of the Lord, and said, the battle is not yours, but God's march against them. You will not have to fight this battle. Okay, so the men from the Ammonites and Moabites fought the men from Mount Seir. Oh, wait. Okay, so yeah. So let me explain this more. They It sounded like they went up this mountain... But there were two sets of, of men, like, coming to fight them. So there was the Ammonites and the Moabites, and then the men from Mount Seir. Both of them, I think, are the enemies of Judah. And so they ended up killing each other. And, like, the um, Israelites, like Jehoshaphat's army, don't have to fight anyone. Don't even have to kill anyone. Because they all fought each other. <laughs> so um, later, Jehoshaphat made an alliance with the evil king of Israel Ahaziah and which I don't know I don't know it's crazy how quickly we forget lessons from God but he made the exact same mistake again and allied with someone who was 
not for God. And they were going to make these trading ships to go trade across, you know, obviously water. And the ships were actually never, uh, they were made, but then they were destroyed because, you know, he was evil and they were never used to trade. So, okay, Second Chronicles 21, Jehoshaphat dies and Jehoram becomes king. Jehoram killed all of his brothers along with some of the officials that were in his kingdom already. He also married a daughter of Ahab, which is bad. So Ahab is the one that like Jehoshaphat allied with that was evil. Well, this guy did one better and married his daughter. So not good. Um, God did not destroy the kingdom just because of the covenant made with David. But he said like, that's the only reason why I'm not doing it because, uh, Jehoram is doing a lot of evil. So then Edom rebelled against Judah and Elijah told Jehoram that he will be struck with a bowel disease and his bowels will end up coming out, which sounds terrible. Um, but that's because he was so, uh, rebellious and he did not follow God at all. So, um, he was struck with that bowel disease. His bowels did end up coming out. Um, the Philistines and Arabs attacked Judah and carried off all these goods and people as hostages. Only Ahaziah, the youngest son, was left. And no one made a funeral fire for Jehoram when he died. Like, he was not liked. He died in great pain, it said. And no one threw, like, a funeral for him. Second Chronicles 22, Ahaziah is king. He's also super wicked, just like his father. Ahaziah visited Joram, who was wounded. Like, he was on this journey to go visit someone who was wounded. And Jehu, who was the seer, um, was in charge of executing the judgment on the house of Ahab. Um, and his story is, like, kind of followed parallel in Second Kings. I think Second Kings. Um, and so he is, like, basically charged to kill all these people. And he ended up killing Ahaziah. Okay, Athaliah is Ahaziah's mother, and when she saw that he was dead, he she destroyed, like, the whole royal family, captured all of them, and was going to kill all of them, all of the, um, the heirs, essentially. But uh, this person named Jehosheba, who was a, I think she was, like, a caretaker, it sounded like, or something, but she took Joash, hid him away, and saved him from being murdered by Athalia. And he remained hidden for six years while Athalia ruled. So Joash is Ahaziah's son. Athalia is Ahaziah's mom. So the mom is now in power and the son is being hidden away. Second Chronicles 23, Jehoiada, the priest, showed his strength during this time. And he made a covenant with the commanders of units gathered Levites around and he wants to put the temple in order. <clears throat> He's the head priest. He's like, this has gone long enough. I need to put the temple back in order. He divides priests and Levites into all their roles and like really gets things organized for like who is doing what on Sabbath days. Um, says that no one could go into the temple. He anointed um, the king's son as king. So this is when Joash basically uh, was revealed to everyone and said, okay, well, he's six years old now and he is the king's son. So he deserves to be king. So they anointed him king. Well, Athalia heard this and tore her robes and was shouting treason, treason, all that stuff. And then the people caught Athalia and put her to death because she was basically, she basically stole the throne from uh, Joash. 
And then Jehoiada made a covenant and went and smashed the all the Baal temples, and the city was calm for the near future. Whenever it says, like, the city was calm or the Israelites were at peace or whatever, it lasts, like... I mean, it lasts a while, but in, like, the terms of the book, it's, like, the next chapter, they're back at war, usually. Um, Okay, Joash was seven, or was, I think he was six, maybe seven, when he became king. He wanted to restore the temple and told priests, well, okay, I should clarify a little. He grew up first, and then he said that he wanted to restore the temple and told priests to collect money. This is basically where the idea of, like, an offering box came from. They put a chest outside um, like a wooden chest outside the temple, and they told the people to bring the Lord their tax of 10% tithe. Okay, so um, that served as the like money to repair the temple. Um, and I wonder if that would like work today, is like just giving 10%, like a flat tax rate. I mean, I'm no economist, but that seems kind of smart. Um, maybe I'll look into that as a podcast episode. But um, okay, repairs were worked, and Jehoiada, Jehoiada died at an old age. Um, officials of Judah came and talked to the king and he listened. So he abandoned the temple and worshipped Asherah poles and idols. All these kings like start out kind of good and then just plummet, it seems like. Um, so let's see, where did that go? Okay, so God sent prophets to warn him to not listen to these people and to not turn away from the Lord. And he did not listen. So very stubborn, stubborn king we have. Um, Jehoiada's son, Zechariah, said, Why do you disobey? You will not prosper since you're disobeying. Um, And they actually plotted against him and stoned him to death. So Jehoiada was the priest, if you remember, and his son, even though Jehoiada, like, treated them well and, like, led them very, very well and restored the temple, they killed his son. So that's very bad. Um, The army of Aram then marched against Joash, invaded and killed all the leaders. Joash was severely wounded, Um, But he hadn't died yet, but then officials plotted against Joash and killed him in his bed for killing Zechariah. And then Amaziah succeeded him. Part of this gets so confusing because the names are all similar, like Amaziah, Ahaziah, Azariah. So it gets very confusing. Um, But 2 Chronicles 25, uh, let's see. Amaziah did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, but not wholeheartedly. He assembled a very large army. But a man of God came in and said to him, like, these troops uh, must not march with you. The ones coming from Ephraim must not march with him um, because the Lord is not with those people. Um, So he sent those people home and they were very, very mad. But Amaziah took the rest of the army and won a lot of battles. He took the gods of the people, um, though, in uh, the people of Seir had fake gods and they took them and worshipped them when they brought him back. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> like, he was following God again, and then he strayed. Um, okay, Amaz- Amaziah challenged jo- uh, Jehoash to battle. And um, Jehoash said, like, don't get involved with this. Like, you are going to lose. But he did not listen. He ended up trying to go to battle anyway. And he did, in fact, lose. He got killed. <laughs> um... Okay, 2 Chronicles 26, Uzziah, Uz- Uzziah, yeah, became becomes the king after Amaziah at the age of 16. He did was what was right in the eyes of the Lord after Amaziah. Um, he went to war with the Philistines and was very prosperous, prosperous and successful. 
Um, but the one thing he did wrong was he started burning t like incense in the temple by himself and he didn't have any of the priests do it, which was against the rules against God's law. And so he was struck with leprosy. Um, second Chronicles 27, Jotham is the king of Judah and he does follow God. He fortifies Judah and builds it up and defeats the Ammonites before he dies. Okay, um, 2 Chronicles 28, Ahaz becomes the king of Judah. He does not do what is right, and he worships other gods right off the bat. Like, there was not even, you know, the thought that he was doing something right. He goes to battle and is defeated by the Syrians and the other, like, Israelite people. Um, Oded is a prophet that steps in and helps get the hostages and the slaves freed from their loss. So there were a ton of hostages and people taken as slaves. But Oded was able to talk to them and convince them to release those people. So thank goodness for Oded. Um, Ahaz becomes even more unfaithful and he takes out all the temple furniture, cuts it into pieces, and closes the temple permanently. He made sacrifices to other gods and then Hezekiah succeeds him. So Hezekiah, let's start... Let's see, his story starts in 2 Chronicles 29. Hezekiah becomes king. He is good and he opens the doors of the temple. He purifies it, makes an offering, like puts the Levites back in charge, all of that. So he is very, very good. Um, Hezekiah is, especially right away. <laughs> um, but he might get bad later, spoiler alert. Second uh, Chronicles 32, the king of Assyria comes and invades Judah. He said, he like gives us a very long speech about how there's no way that Hezekiah will be able to save his people or deliver them or any of that. So the people are kind of discouraged. Um, but an angel himself strikes down the Assyrian army. And it was very much God like who did that. But Hezekiah took that as like a win for himself. And he turns very, very proud. And he had this, um, let's see, he fell very ill, it said. And even though he was miraculously healed and given like this miraculous sign, um, he did not ever really turn back to God. He never thanked God for it. And he was just too proud. So, um, let's see. But after that, Hezekiah repented, which is good, and built great wealth and honor. He was the one also that blocked the upper outlet of the Gihon Spring and channeled water down the west side of the city. So there's this tunnel that Hezekiah made to like when the water was stopped up um, and it's like this cave tunnel thing. Well, my cousin is in Israel right now on a school trip and she just saw that tunnel and it's so cool. There's like two feet of water that you walk through and apparently at parts it gets very, very narrow and very like, um, what's the word? Short? Like the roof isn't very high. I don't know. She had to like crouch in it and stuff. It was really cool to see. Second Chronicles 33, Manasseh succeeds Hezekiah and he does bad. He worships other gods right off the bat. He's taken captive, but then humbles himself. So the Lord shows mercy on him. He stops most of the idolatry at that point. Um, but then he dies and Amon becomes king. He also does evil, but is killed by servants. Then Josiah becomes king. <laughs> But Josiah follows God. He destroys all the high places. Um, he leads raids on Israel. Let's see. What's this guy's... Hilkiah, Hilkiah 
is the priest at this time, and he finds the book of the law in the temple and reads it to all the leaders. And so Josiah gathers everyone together and makes everyone read the book of the law to renew the covenant that they have with um, the Lord. So he renews the covenant, which is very good. Um, okay. Then Second Chronicles 35, Josiah and Judah all celebrate Passover. He calls this like gigantic Passover celebration because it hasn't been celebrated in a really long time. Josiah fights Necho, the king of Egypt, who is trying to go help the Assyrians. Necho tells him to not get involved, but he does, and Josiah is killed. So, it doesn't make it clear if that was like, I mean, I, if that was like God that um, told him not to go, or if it was just the Egyptian king. But either way, he got advice to not go, and he still went. Um, okay, so then in Second Chronicles 36, Jehoaz, the king of Israel, is killed after three months. Egypt makes Jehoiakim king, um, and he's taken prisoner in Babylon. Jehoiachin um, does evil as king as well. He's a prisoner in Babylon. Zedekiah does evil as when he's a king as well, rebels against Babylon. Jerusalem is scattered, the temple is destroyed, and the Jews are captive in Babylon for 70 years until the king of Persia lets them go rebuild. And that's where we end Second Chronicles um, with you know, the Israelites being scattered and, um, you know, then they're saying that they were basically captives for 70 years until the king of Persia steps in. And that is where we start the book of Ezra. We're only going till Ezra 3, so um, we don't get a ton of Ezra this week, but we'll definitely be in Ezra a lot next week. Um, but Ezra 1, Cyrus, the king of Persia, lets the Jews go rebuild and fulfill the word of God. There's no real reason for him to do this other than he knows that this is God's will, so he lets them. And he doesn't just let them, he helps them a lot. Cyrus brought out articles from the temple that Nebuchadnezzar had carried away from Jerusalem and gives them back to the Jewish people to go rebuild the temple with. Ezra 2 is just a list of exiles who return and the numbers of exiles in each like family or tribe. And then, oh, I just got out of breath because I like threw a ball to my cat. That's sad. I need to work out more. Um, okay, Ezra 3, Israelites start rebuilding the temple and gave money. They laid the foundation. And then um, the older priests and Levites, it said, who had seen the former temple wept aloud when they saw the foundation of the new temple being laid, but others shouted for joy. I don't really know why they were sad and others jumped for joy, but the it said the shouts of joy could not be really distinguished from the sound of weeping. So there was a ton of noise, but that is where we leave off. That's all for this week. So the Israelites are rebuilding the temple and we get to read basically their return to Israel. So I'm excited to read about that because I don't know if I've ever read Ezra, at least that I remember. So um, that's all for today. I hope everyone has a great week. Next week, let's see what we are going over. It'll be... Ezra 4 to Esther 8. So if you are following along, read that and I will summarize it all next week. Anyway, um, and then we will be, I think this one will be like, we'll be all caught up after this podcast episode. So we'll be back to our regularly scheduled podcast on uh, Monday. So I will see you then. Have a great week, everyone. Bye.